Welcome to the Peaceful Power Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Claussen, and today I sit down with Allie Reddy. Sapphire training helps the on-the-go woman feel more energetic, find her inner peace, and become more powerful by creating a fitness lifestyle she loves. So a little background on Allie. Through her parents' entrepreneurial successes and failures, Allie learned firsthand that the best way to make a living is by first making a genuine life. For her, the center of that genuine life is wellness, education, and fitness services. Allie's professional experiences over the past 10 years have reinforced her commitment to progressing in life, highlighting wellness and fitness. She loves it, and she's good at it. Most importantly, she's seen it help people and change lives time and time again. Around the world and in person in Boulder, Colorado, ReadyFit clients are empowered by the company's results-oriented commitment to be the catalyst for worldwide social change and individual healthy behavior change. So Allie and I had a great conversation today all about how to make those behavioral changes. And when we're critical of ourselves, we are critical of others. So that's what we kind of worked on today and um, worked through. So I hope you guys enjoy our conversation and get to know Allie a little bit more. Welcome to the Peaceful Power podcast. Today, I have Allie Reddy with me on. How are you doing today, Allie? Good. How are you? I am great. So for everyone out there, if they do not know who you are, tell us a little about your fitness journey and were you always into fitness or is this something that developed over time for you? Yeah, great question. So I, um, I'm Allie. I live in Boulder, Colorado. I am a personal trainer, a longtime group fitness instructor, and I also work with people a lot on their mindset and how that really translates into their success in their wellness and fitness. So I have actually always kind of been into fitness. I've always been an athlete. I was a swimmer and soccer player almost all the way um, up until college. So it's really kind of always been in my blood. My parents have always been very active. We, all of us four kids have always been in sports. And so I can't really think of a time when we weren't pretty active as a family. So I feel really lucky to have had that upbringing. Um, But what really got me passionate about being in the industry actually is I I studied Spanish and Italian in college. Um, I studied abroad for three years and I got my first job out of college and I actually wound up working contract for a man who, um, it turned out that his company was a fraud. And so I feel, yeah, I was really discouraged. You know, it's like your first job out of college. And so I decided, okay, you know, I'm going to just kind of get something temporary and, and, you know, keep looking. And I, you know, got into fitness and I, and I never left. And so I'm thankful for that experience. Um, but I've really run the gamut of, you know, doing fitness coaching, nutritional coaching, personal training, group fitness. Um, I've been in a lot of management positions. So I'm really intimately familiar with um, the industry. And now I really love working on my own because there's so many things that I feel like I didn't get to encompass while I worked in a gym environment because, you know, naturally we need to kind of be working under the umbrella of, of their beliefs. And so it's been really freeing to be able to express things in a way that felt really congruent with who I am and what I really believe, um, with, with fitness and nutrition. Yes. So how long have you been doing it all on your own then? About three years. It'll be three years in the fall. That's yeah. I have found the same thing 
just that transition to being by yourself compared to at a gym setting where you might be forced or suggested to sell certain supplements that you might not normally want to sell or exactly. training strategies that you might not be super enthusiastic about. So I found that same thing as kind of breaking free and getting your wings, so to speak. But I do tell new trainers, you know, starting at the gym is great because you learn from other trainers and the more experienced trainers, you kind of get some of that knowledge is, did you have any mentors while you worked in the gyms that kind of you gravitated towards? You know, I'm trying to think of as far as personal training, I don't know so much, um, mentors for personal training. I mean, I had a ton of friends. I love the trainers and I, I live just a few blocks from the gym that I trained at when I first moved to Colorado. And, um, it's so funny the other day I was doing a workout and I looked to my left and I saw one of my favorite trainers. I looked to my right and I saw another one and they looked at me and they were like, where have you been? And it, we just, it was really cool to have this reunion, but I've been really fortunate. I've been surrounded by some really good people. I think most of my mentors honestly came through group fitness. That really has been my heart and soul, my passion. Um, you know, I went on to, to do a lot of things with group fitness. So I'd say my mentors more came in that department and it just, kind of naturally spilled over into personal training. Um, I have much more, I have been doing group fitness so much longer than personal training. Um, I love the energy of being in a room with a group of people. That is definitely my preference when it comes to fitness. I don't know what it is. It, it's just time and time again, it, it, it draws me in and I just love it. It's electric. Mm. Is there any classes that you prefer over others to teach? Yeah, you know, I've I've slowly tran transitioned recently. I struggled with a um, a shoulder injury for like the last eight or nine months. So I was teaching body pump for for gosh ten years, um, and it's I just I've taken a break now. Um, I'm finally to a point where I'm pain free out of physical therapy, but I really want to just keep nursing it and and play it safe for a little while. So love body pump, love. Um, Really, I'm a big fan of things that are um, choreographed because they're pre-tested. So, you know, a lot of times with freestyle classes, and they can be great, honestly, they're just very instructor dependent. So, um, you know, sometimes you can show up to a class and it'll be a great workout and other times it might not be, but with, with the choreographed and the fact that, you know, you've got this company choosing the music and they're, they're testing it all. It doesn't really matter whose class you go to, you're getting their personality, but you always know that, you know, this cycle class, you're going to get this kind of a workout. And I really love that. And I think the, that participants do because you can, um, you know what you're getting into. People love having their expectations met. And, um, and I'm just a really big fan because it allows me as an instructor to really just focus on connection and how can I make this the best experience rather than be so in my head about, you know, what's the choreography or what, you know, what move am I going to do? So, um, I, I, I love all classes though. Honestly, I'm a big proponent for, you know, find what you love and do that. I don't, I don't encourage people to do something just because I'm doing it. Of course, you know, try things, but, um, I always want people to gravitate towards what feels natural and what feels really fun for them. You know, I'm not a dancer, so I don't take Zumba. Um, but I have a girlfriend who loves it and she just raves about it. And that's awesome. I think it's so great. Yes. I love that. It kind of goes with your tagline. I love your tagline progress over perfection. Yeah. So can you tell us more about it and why you're so passionate about that tagline? Yeah, you know, that tagline is really like my my life mantra. Part of part of my work is that 
I want to continually remind myself to choose progress over perfection. You know, as a recovering perfectionist, I spend a lot of time making sure that, you know, those old habits that I have worked really, really hard to put at bay um, don't come sneaking back into my life. And one of the things I have experienced so often in this industry is that people feel like in order to start or in order to do anything that they need to do it perfectly or they need to have it all together or that all they have to all have all their ducks in a row. And the truth is, is that that really never happens. So most people wind up waiting forever and they never start. Whereas it just, it takes one small step. And as people start to see and feel and experience that progress, it really, um, you know, our confidence comes through action. And that really is what progress is, right? You can't make progress unless you're taking action. And so um, I, I really live by that in my own life and I, I just love the philosophy because I think it allows people to give themselves grace, to let themselves off the hook, to still work hard, but not expect themselves to have to do it all right all the time. Yes. I mean, I hear, I've heard that many times too. Um, you know, being at training and people saying, well, I need to lose 10, 20 pounds before I start training or before I start working out. And I'm like, no, no, no. It's, you know, start now. There is no, again, perfect. You know, as you're saying, you don't, if you miss a workout, it's not the end of the world. It's just making a little progress, you know, every day. Yeah. And you know what, for some people that progress might be just being okay and really sitting in and enjoying that rest, like not feeling guilt and saying, you know what, I, I just really don't feel good today. I really need to take a rest day. And, you know, for some people, it's really hard. Once they get in, they feel guilty for taking rest days. And so progress can look so many different ways, which is why I love it. It really can apply to anyone. It's, um, it's very inclusive. And I think that it's not, it's not this pedestal that people can't reach because that's perfectionism, right? Which yes. isn't even real. And yeah, so I really, I really love this work. I love, I love working with people and I love watching them have these, these aha moments of, wow, life is really beautiful when it's a little bit messy. And when I start to learn to enjoy living in the gray area. So what are some tips that you tell people to kind of embrace that rather than having to get everything perfect? Embracing it definitely includes giving yourself a lot of grace. So many times you will have slip ups, things won't go your way, you won't be happy with the outcome. And this is a continual reminder that I give myself and I think I have gotten so much better at this. Um, but people are so hard, like we're all our own worst critic. We're so hard on ourselves. And if we could just remove some of that pressure, I think we'd be surprised at how great of a job we're, we're actually doing. So the, the first would definitely be to give yourself grace, no doubt about it. The second would be to um, make sure that you are doing something that you genuinely enjoy because if you don't, there's so many different ways to move your body. There's no need for you to do something that feels like punishment or if you're just doing it because your bestie's doing it, but you loathe it, then it might be time to go and discover whatever it is 
for you. Um, and that's one of the things that I love about what you do. You know, I know your work with Ayurvedic stuff. It's everybody's body types are different, how they react to certain types of exercise. So I can't encourage people enough to um, be brave and bold enough to find out what it is that you love because you're, you're probably going to surprise yourself. Mm. Yes, that is great advice because I think that's half the battle is just stepping outside that comfort zone or telling your friend, hey, you know, I know that you like this class, but can we try this one and just see if they'll go with? And if not, you know, go ahead by yourself, but even just asking because sometimes people are like, I can't believe you did X, Y, Z. And I'm like, all they did was ask. And they're like, wow, you know, and just thinking of like, that's so brave. I'm like, no, really, people will tell you if you just ask certain questions or, you know, are just curious. I'm like, you'll find a response and you'll find something that maybe you didn't think your friend would enjoy, or you didn't think that, Hey, they actually are open to trying something else. Cause they thought I liked this class. Yes. That's such a great point. And you know, me being injured and really having to um, create a new normal for myself in the last nine months, I didn't even realize that my body actually really enjoys gentle exercise. I also very much enjoy things like cycling and body pump. And, you know, I'm just, I love things that have big music and big energy, but I realized that my body was really settling in and I was feeling good and I had energy. And so now that I'm feeling better, I'm, I'm having to remind myself, Hey, I know that I actually feel really good when I just go for a hike or go for a walk and do less high high intensity, um, training, you know? So I think it's, we even can surprise ourselves. Things can change and evolve. And that honestly, I think is one of the, the, be- the most beautiful parts about our journeys is that they don't have to stay the same. Mm. And listening to your body. Cause I think yes. that's the key thing is you're saying, you're like, okay, I know I like this, but my body some days are telling me I shouldn't be doing that. Yeah. Like I, I, I got into, um, orange theory and I, I really yeah. love the workout. Um, but I also love doing workouts on my own. And I realized after a couple weeks that I, I just didn't have energy. I wasn't sleeping that great. I couldn't, I couldn't get over the soreness mm. and I took my own advice and I took four days off and I just, I felt so rejuvenated. Um, but I have really, you know, scaled things back. And so again, I think it depends on where you're at in your life. You know, maybe right now my body's asking me to just be a little bit more mellow and that is okay. Mm, yes. So I want to talk a little nutrition because I was looking at your blog and you have amazing little recipes on your blog. Oh, thank you. I was like, oh, I want to try some of these. So I want to talk a little bit, your take on cheat meals. So what do you personally think about them? Yeah. So I don't actually even use the word. Um, It makes me cringe a little bit. (laughs) I love it. You know, of course, I mean, as you know, with marketing, um, a lot of people are searching cheat meals. So that is why I used it um, in the article. But I, in my own life, experienced this, and then I've experienced it with a lot of clients. And I think anytime we put a negative connotation um, with a word, you know, cheat meal or, um, gosh, I don't know, like, I'm trying to think of another example, and I, I'm, I'm having a total brain fart. But, um, anyway, I think our brains are so smart, and they know that that means um, it's, it's kind of like a, a red flag that comes up. It's like pressureful. It's um, it, it gives it gives power away. And so, what I encourage people to do is take the power back, and instead of saying cheat meal, it's you know you don't actually even need cheat meals if you are like you and I say, and probably 
be, you know, be like a dead horse, which is listen to your body. You know, mm. if you are really craving that chocolate bar or you want to have an ice cream cone with your family, then by all means do it. And the more that we can um, indulge in those moments, the less that we feel the need to do that all the time because we're not we're not telling our bodies, okay, I can't have this until Saturday. I mean, I just had to throw all that stuff out the window because for me it was it just wasn't working. It was actually making the behaviors so much worse. And I, I was having, you know, binges and it, it, it was not good behavior for me. So, um, I think if you're someone who still, um, is struggling with cheat meals, my biggest piece of advice to you would just be remove all the restrictions from, you know, that you're putting on yourself. There's so much freedom when you do that. And I think what you'll come to find is that, you know, you're overeating, you're, is it, whether it's your binging or whatever, those things will slowly start to, um, you know, fade away because you are becoming more in tune with what you actually want. And a lot of times we feel the need to cheat because we're, we're bored with the food that we're eating. We're not eating things that excite us. And so that would be another big piece of advice would be get excited about what you're eating. You know, if you don't like tuna, then stop eating it and eat something different. When you feel satisfied with your meals, you also don't feel this need to, um, you know, go and eat sweets or whatever it is after every single meal. Oh, I totally agree with that. And I think sometimes we get stuck in ruts, I think is most of the time why we keep eating maybe the same things. Because I've had people like, oh, I have the same thing every Monday, Tuesday. You know, sometimes I'll get adventurous and have something different on a Thursday. And I was like, oh, no wonder you like feel that need to want to have those is because you're just eating the same things. And, you know, you do get bored of the same thing over and over and over, you know, try to spice it up or add some variety and like planning. That's what I tell people is like, just look ahead. And like, you don't have to, if you don't want to do the meal prep, just at least plan, buy some foods where you have them on hand and you know, different recipes. Like I put a list on my refrigerator and my mother-in-law had seen it and she was like, I need to do this. Cause I wrote like eight go-to recipes that I always have this stuff on hand in case I need something last minute. She's like, that is brilliant. I'm like, that way I'm not going for the same old whatever that I have laying around. That is really smart. I'm actually going to incorporate that because I, you know, I even get in ruts. We all do. We're all human. We all gravitate towards certain things. And um, that's actually one of the reasons why I love cooking and creating recipes is it Selfishly, it helps me, but it also helps other people. It helps me to keep trying new things to to stay excited about what I'm putting in my body. Yes, and even just a little flavor. Like we were, I some of the senior citizens that I trained, we were talking about recipes because I tell them I always, I never quite follow the recipe. I always try to make it maybe a little healthier, take out this, add that. And so they were telling me like, how about you add cherries to this? And I was like, wow, that's great. You know, I'm like, see, you guys can play with your recipes too. And so sometimes it's kind of being, I guess, not afraid to test and try things that don't go by the book. Sometimes we get stuck in that. I must do it exactly as it says. You know, I would say that's the number one thing I am most passionate about when it comes to nutrition is, um, I actually encourage people to not follow a meal plan. And um, I think it's great to look up recipes, but what I what I ultimately want people to experience is to have the tools and the foundation set where just like you, they can um, they can think, okay, I think I want to make tacos tonight. And by having those foundational tools, they are able to create tacos and say, okay, what do I have in my fridge? I think there's that is so freeing for people to not have to be 
um, you know, so reliant on someone else. Instead, it's okay, let's focus on the principles of what do you need to learn? Maybe it's how to saute, maybe it's a few things in the kitchen. And then how can you just toss a recipe together really quickly? Because actually, I think cooking is one of the best things for um, a perfectionist because cooking is so imperfect. I mean, <laughs> you know, by not having one thing, you got to toss something else in and it's so creative. And so I think that is something I'm so passionate about. I love when people can, um, you know, just they'll say, yeah, you know, I made your recipe, but I tweaked it. And I'm like, that's awesome. That's so great. Oh, that is, that is great to hear. Cause I think that's sometimes we get in our own heads with stuff like that. When I'm like, no, it's where you play. It's the kitchen. It should be fun. Yes, absolutely. I'm a big proponent for play and that can look a lot of different ways. So amen. Oh yes. I know nutrition or in fitness, either one. Yeah. Well, fitness should be playful. I mean, that's why I tell people like, let, I, I would love if we, you know, exercise can have such a um, people hear it and they, they, they feel this negative energy. And instead think about when you were a kid and you used to go out and play, what are the things now as an adult that, that get you out the door that get you excited? Those are the things that you need to discover. Mm, yes. Yeah. And if you played sports, you know, trying to join a team of exactly. some sort, cause I know there are people, you know, my age were like, Oh, I wish we had a team. And I'm like, you know, why don't you join a team? And then you meet new people too. Cause sometimes it's tough too. I have found, um, you know, like being in your late twenties in early mid thirties, a lot of times, you know, we're having kids now and then teams sometimes get disbanded because of that. So that's my hardest thing. But I'm tell I just told people, I'm like, I already got asked to plan different teams. I could, if I wanted to, I don't after my last basketball game, let me tell you, I just, yeah. I better not, I better wait. <laughs> See, hard. and I'm, I'm the opposite. So I, I loved, um, team sports all growing up and then I got into group fitness. And so for me, that's kind of like what it's turned into is, um, you know, I love that it's not competitive and mm. I love how social it is. It's, yes. it's one of my favorite hours of my day to just go and see my peeps. And, um, so I think there's lots of different ways to be able to, it. yeah, yeah. And to be able to fulfill that need of, um, collaboration. Do you go out afterwards or after your group fitness to like a juice bar, or go get coffee with people after <laughs> class? Yes. You know, sometimes, sometimes we, we will, um, it depends on what time the class is. I, it's so funny. I teach a cycling class, um, in the evening on Wednesdays and, you know, we had been joking for months about, I don't even know, like, you know, sometimes people are sleepy after work. And so I'll be like, man, do we need to get some shots of coffee in here or maybe tequila or something? And so no joke, the next week, somebody, I have no idea it was anonymous, left this like brown paper bag on the stage. And it said like, don't open until after class with a smiley face. And so I was like, what is this? So I have a packed house and I open this thing and it's a big stack of Dixie cups. It's a bunch of limes and there's a knife and there's like a, a $75 bottle of tequila. Oh my God. And I'm like, what are the odds? I mean, this just shows you like, it's so fun and playful. And, oh, um, so great. we didn't drink it because I was pretty sure I was going to get fired. Um, <laughs> But yes, I'm always, you know, people are always saying, Hey, let's go grab breakfast. Or a lot of these people become my friends. And so we go and have coffee. And that's what I love is it really, it, it feels so family oriented. And, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a real family, family girl. I love friends and it's, it really is so fun. It really fills my cup. Oh, yeah. That's one thing that I like about the group fitness is it is that community and that sense of, Hey, let's go hang out afterwards. Yeah. And you really get to know someone too. Yes. Yep. Great point. 
So when we're talking nutrition and fitness, we have that kind of all or nothing attitude. Mm. So I know that stopped many women from reaching their fitness goals. And what advice do you have for women who are struggling with that mindset or want to make those changes um, and trying to kind of shift from that, I have to do everything and that perfection essentially versus that progress attitude? Mm. Well, I think one of the biggest things I would suggest is, you know, this was something that really... Um, I really struggled with in the beginning working in a gym um, was that a lot of times people were prescribed things that were so far out of reach. You know, if you're someone that is just getting back into fitness for the first time in 10 years or, you know, a couple years, it's probably not in your best interest to go straight into working out five days a week and trying to change your nutrition and all of that. I think it's, it's important to be realistic and I don't want to discourage you from being healthy every day, but I want you to be successful. And what I have noticed is that people who can continually commit to, um, you know, just those better daily habits. So, you know, I'm going to exercise three times a week for 30 minutes and being consistent with that for a period of time. Um, when we try to change everything at once, we wind up feeling like a failure and you are not a failure. It's just the approach that maybe a coach has given you, or maybe that you have tried to take on yourself is not helping you to be as successful as you could be. So, um, well, I would love for people to be able to change their, their eating habits and, and their exercise all at once. I really think it's important to, you know, focus on one thing and really get that down and then segue into what feels appropriate next and what feels, what feels realistic. Cause, um, you know, the all or nothing approach, I, I mentioned this before, it's learning to live in the gray area and that as someone who is a recovering perfectionist is like still mind boggling to me because we (laughs) tend to be black and white people. It's like, well, we're either all in or we're not at all. And I can say so confidently that I have, I have just loved living in this area of like, okay, so today I had a cookie and an ice cream cone. Whoops. (laughs) Tomorrow is going to be different. It's just not taking yourself too seriously. And, um, you know, you just, you got to, you gotta, you gotta know when, if a day doesn't go your way, it's okay. You know, tomorrow can be better. Um, you don't have to wait till Monday. It can happen, you know, the very next meal. Um, it can happen two meals from now. So the all or nothing approach comes from the desire to basically have everything go perfectly. And it, it just doesn't usually happen that way. Mm. Yes. And I, I mean, I starting that next meal or that next day rather than waiting, because I think we do sometimes get in that, If especially if you're a perfectionist. I know I was guilty of that before. I'm like, oh, ruined this week. Might as well wait till next week. You know, and oh, it's like totally. a Tuesday. And you're or like, like the day or like Saturday was shot and you're like, okay, well, donuts and ice cream. Well, so- like the whole weekend's gone now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And now I'm so excited. Like that's how I know I've made so much progress is um, I, I just, that isn't even an inkling. I mean, it's just not even present. So, um, I think just realizing that there's so much beauty in not living in the all or nothing and there's so much grace and you actually probably find so much more success by letting go anything that we try to control so much usually winds up backfiring. Mm. And I think that kind of comes too with the cheat meals is once you kind of let go of some of that control too, you don't think of it as a quote unquote cheat meal anymore because Absolutely. it's just part of your journey and you, it happened great moving on from it. 
Yeah. I mean, let's be real. Cake, you know, ice cream cones with the family, um, birthdays, like these things are going to happen. These are part of life events. Holidays are going to happen. Um, now that doesn't mean that, you know, if you work in an office and someone has a birthday every day, okay, probably a little different scenario. Um, but it's important to remember that life is worth living. And I don't want you to feel like you can't go out to dinner with your girlfriends because, you know, you're afraid of what to eat. You know, that's what I really help women do is I challenge them. Okay. Like, where are you going to go to eat? Where are you going to go out to eat, you know, this week? And how did it feel? And, um, cause these are genuine struggles and concerns that people have. And I get it. Cause I was there. I was someone who I didn't go out to eat for like three years. Cause I was like, well, it's not mm. on my meal plan. What am I going to do? And, mm. um, so there's, there's lots of, of ways that people can, can help you. And there's lots of different approaches. Um, but really, yeah, it, it's, it's such a beautiful place to be now of not having to have a cheat meal or, um, or that, that all or nothing, you know, mentality. Mm. So you used to follow strict meal plans and that's something that you broke free from yourself? Yes, I did. Oh, can you tell us a little more about that? How did you do it? You know, well, I think, I don't think, I know that it was very innocent. You know, I got so excited about being in the industry and I was preparing for um, some videos that I was filming and I wanted to kind of, you know, I wanted to kind of tighten things up. And, mm -hmm. and I think that is where... I, I would say some red flags can pop up for people is if you're constantly feeling like you need to kind of just take things to the next level and just be a little more fit. And, um, you know, it's, it's fine to want to achieve big things, but what I was trying to achieve perfection didn't exist. And so even when I did follow these strict meal plans, I, I honestly didn't really look any, any different. I, um, I felt super restricted. That's when a lot of my eating, my, my bad eating patterns and behaviors started. Um, I got super self-conscious about myself. I was really critical with myself. And, you know, when we're critical of ourselves, we can't help but be critical of others. And that's one of the things I've really had to come to terms with in my own, you know, recovery journey is that um, I was really critical of others and I'm not proud of that. But I think sometimes we have to realize um, the way that we treat ourselves is often the way that we're, we're treating others. So I'm, I'm super grateful for the experience because it's a big part of my work and what I do now. Um, but honestly, I, I don't prepare for anything. Like if I have a photo shoot coming up, that brings up really, um, murky waters for me. So I don't, I don't prepare. I don't change my diet. Um, I don't eat differently on one day if I work out and differently if I don't, um, I don't do any of that stuff because that all for me is very triggering. So, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm really thankful for what I went through because I know that a lot of people experience the same things. And I feel like part of what I was put on this planet to do is to be so open and transparent about my own struggles so that hopefully if someone relates to it, they can have hope that, um, there's a really beautiful life beyond, where they are. Cause I honestly didn't know if I would ever come out of that dark time in my life. Mm. And it's freeing to kind of release. Oh, so freeing. So freeing. Yeah. It's freeing for me to, to talk about it on the podcast and talk about, you know, my struggles and, um, and I know it's what people relate to. I mean, it's, it's so great to be excited and happy about stuff. And that's awesome. I, I really, I do live my life that way, but I also realize that there's so many lessons and um, in the tough times and the struggles that we have. And so it is very liberating. 
And I love how I think probably in the last few years, I've seen this kind of the shift in the fitness industry in general, you know, the group fitness, personal trainers, um, we're all kind of opening up and sharing what our stories were. Because I think before we were, or at least probably 10 years ago when I started, I felt like I had to be perfect. I had to tell people, I don't struggle with this. No, no, I don't struggle with eating. I don't struggle with any of these issues because that's what people came to us. They expected us to be perfect. But I feel like lately, you know, we're sharing no, you know what? I was not perfect back then. I had lots of issues going on and just being open and, you know, showing people we are human. We are real. This is how we've worked through it. Totally. And I think that's what people relate to. You know, they want to know that, that you eat goldfish with your little boy. (laughs) I mean, like those, it's that it makes you, it humanizes you. And that's what people can relate to. And what I thought people wanted was you know, like you said, me to be perfect, you know, fit body, perfect nutrition and you know, what all the answers. Yes, absolutely. And now it's just being very transparent and open that like, I am not perfect. My diet's not perfect. My exercise is not perfect. Um, and sharing the day to day so that people can maybe see a little bit of their life and my life and vice versa. And I think that, you know, we all want to know that we're not alone. That's the best part about human, uh, connection. Mm. So let's talk about one of the, I think one of the biggest things in fitness and health is the scale. So, you know, especially we as women, we're kind of always tied to the scale. You know, even though I have some clients who are really trying not to be, but they always seem to get pulled back into it. So how can you kind of help teach women, you know, not to validate themselves on their self-worth based on a number on the scale? Great question. I just did a podcast episode about this actually with my sister. Um, and she just wrote a book actually. And I, um, I hope it's okay that I talk about it and it's not talking about it selfishly. Um, so my sister, uh, worked for a company, um, that specialized in helping people who wanted to lose weight that were, um, obese and, or, or were in that population. Um, but they also worked with, um, a lot of, you know, average people that just want to lose weight on a daily basis. And so she wrote a book um, and it's, uh, her name's Eliza Kingsford and it's called Brain Powered Weight Loss. And I love it because she talks so much about how things like mindfulness and meditation, you know, these are such critical parts of our weight loss. And so it's so, it's going so far beyond the scale that um, I love the philosophy. It's, it's all about your behaviors and really, you know, by, by changing our behaviors, that's really when we get the result that we want. So, you know, we recently did a podcast episode on this and this is something, oh my gosh, I get this so often. And I will be really honest that for me, I had to just completely get rid of it altogether because at the end of the day, someone asked me the other day, well, what do I do if I don't have one? Like, how do I know where I am? And I'm like, you don't like (laughs) your clothes are going to tell you. I mean, it's, I get it. So I'm not minimizing how, how fearful someone might feel when they're like, well, it's easy for you. It, trust me. It wasn't actually, I was at my heaviest when I, when I ditched the scale, but I completely got rid of it. I didn't weigh myself, haven't weighed myself for three years. Mm-hmm. And when I started to do that, when I started to focus on what I was putting in my mouth, how I was moving, all of the things that I could control, that is when things started to shift. Cause again, like we mentioned, 
you can't control the scale. And so every time you have an incredible week or month and you get on there and it doesn't tell you what you, what you want to see and you get really ticked off and then you go and sabotage yourself. Number one, I want you to know you're not alone. Number two, that sometimes for some people, it could take three, six, nine months before that number starts to go in the direction that you want it to go. So you've got to, you've got to see the long game. You've got to know that it's not, you know, this is, this is not going to happen overnight. Um, but I think the best thing you can do is just take comfort in some other way of tracking your progress. There's a lot of other ways that you can do that. Your clothes are going to tell you um, if they're getting tighter. And at the end of the day, why do you need to know what you weigh? It's just not important. I mean, truly. And that's not to minimize if you want to lose weight, you can absolutely still lose weight. You will be able to see that in definition, in the way that your clothes fit, all those types of things. So um, I'm a big proponent for that. I know there's people that actually can have a sane relationship with the scale. Um, if you're listening and you're one of those people, big high five because <laughs> you are lucky. Um, but I think to the others, I really would just challenge you, see what life is like beyond the scale. Mm, yes. I, I would say I had that issue probably coming back post baby, like I'd like get on the scale and I'm like, oh my gosh, nothing's gone down. Cause I think there's just like pressure whether it be from society or that you put on yourself, you know, that you're like, I got to lose this weight. And then I finally was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it maybe once a month just to check in because this is too frustrating otherwise. And that seemed to really help me. And, you know, I rarely weighed myself before I was pregnant. So I was like, okay, I seem to have gotten back to my normal relationship with the scale. But even then, like, I mean, that you can kind of go through those ebbs and flows you know, as you're going throughout life. So there might be a point in your life where you're like, oh, I'm tied to the scale, but just know, okay, this might not last forever. Just trying to find that balance and that healthy relationship with it. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a really great example. So I want to talk a little about rest days because I know you have, you just recently did a podcast episode on this mm -hmm. and I want to know your opinion on rest days. My opinion on rest days. Wow. It's really come full circle, I believe. I'm such a proponent for rest. I, for many, many years, thought that, you know, more was better and, you know, seven days a week and moving your body. And what I have found is uh, quite the opposite, actually, that our bodies, in order to get the results that we are probably looking for, it needs to rest. That's when it rejuvenates. Um, you know, that's when the muscle gets rebuilt. Um, cause you know, when we're lifting weights and doing things, we, we tear down the, down the muscle, which is normal. You know, those are, those micro tears are normal. Um, and I think rest is so important, not just for results, but also for preventing injury. Um, I used to really struggle when I was sick, you know, mm -hmm. feeling guilty, taking time off, or if I was injured, taking time off and, that's why I'm so glad that I've walked this road of, of my injury because, you know, what's so funny is I couldn't really do any upper body exercise for probably five or six months. And, um, I looked the exact same. I mean, honestly, I probably lost a good amount of muscle. Cause I was, I, I mean, like I, I just, I know I had, um, cause I, like I had this shirt and I showed my husband, I was like, this is normally how this shirt fits. And it's just like, it was like hanging on me, but, um, <laughs> But really, there wasn't a big change, and that was so empowering to show me that, like, you know, if you're someone that thinks, well, I'm going to go on vacation, and I'm going to lose everything I just worked for, um, 
homegirl. I just spent five months not doing something and hardly anything changed. Now, you know, I was eating healthy. I was moving my body gently. Um, but rest days are so, so crucial. And I look forward to them. Like I, I like cherish them. I always have one in the middle of the week. You know, I'll do like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and I'll rest on Thursday. And then I'll usually rest on Sundays as well. And it, it will vary, but it's so important for your sanity, your health, um, the results that you're looking for. And I think you're going to actually love what you're doing more because you get a little time away from it. Mm. Yes. Do on rest days, are you completely taking it off or do you go for walks or yoga? Not usually. I mean, I'm just a walker by nature. Like I love my walks. Um, but you know, like yesterday I didn't do anything because I just genuinely felt so tired. I, again, I really listen to my body. There are some Sundays when like, I literally don't leave the couch and I don't feel guilty. Uh Um, because most of the time I am pretty actively resting. So it, it really varies. Mm Mm-hmm. That's why I always like to get, so that way people can see, okay, when she says rest, does she mean yeah. doing something no, it's else? Such a, it's such a good question. And people ask me that and we'll, well, how many days should I have and how, you know, how long should it be? Um, so I, I did talk about that a lot in the episode, but um, yes, I am a big proponent for rest days. Yes. And your podcast, so in case anyone wants to find it is on iTunes as well. Yes. Yep. It is the progress over perfection podcast. Yes. So I want to talk a little bit about the biggest breakthroughs that you've seen, you know, with clients um, or people that you've worked with either physically or mentally, because I love learning about just breakthroughs people had. So other people can be like, oh, maybe that's the path I should try. Yeah. So one of my favorite stories is this young gal that came to me. She was getting married. I think she came to me in February around there a couple years ago. And she was getting married in August and, you know, she had kind of that, um, that mentality that I think a lot of people in our society have, which is, you know, I'm sweating for the wedding and I, I need to, you know, I need to do all this work just for the wedding. And so I have a very different approach. Um, but I was very gentle with her. So, you know, I, I definitely gave her what she wanted. You know, I, I, um, we had great workouts. We talked about nutrition, But I remember she came to me after a couple months and she was like, you know, I realized that I'm, I'm really seeing food differently and exercise differently and I'm not being so extreme. And, and, um, the coolest part about this story is that by the time she got to her wedding, she said, I'm not, I'm not sweating for my wedding. Like I'm sweating for life and I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to stop doing any of the things that we're doing together. And so that to me is that's my philosophy is when someone comes to me and says that they want to lose weight for their wedding. My goal is to, is to help them get to the point where they feel so good that, that these behaviors are not ones that they want to stop just because they're getting married. Mm. Yes. That is probably the best example of like, how do you kind of change that mindset for myself? Cause that's one of the clientele that is not my favorite to work with, you know, cause typically people getting in shape for their wedding, if they don't, care to do it after the wedding. So I'm about, you know, creating that lifelong fitness journey. And so I'm like, wow, I should really change my mindset and start to kind of sprinkle in, okay, here's why we want to be doing it after the wedding and not just that one day. So we take the pictures and then 
forget about everything that we did up until that point. So totally. I like that. And I think, man, what a bummer. Like, why, why would you go through all that work? Well, and, and here's what I will say. A lot of times that work is very restrictive work. It's not fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and so no wonder they want to let it go. So it's, it's finding the right things for those people that they want to carry it out. And um, yeah, you know, I, I mean, the clients that want to see instantaneous results are just probably not the ones that want to work with me because it's Same. just, <laughs> I mean, I'm just not a quick fix girl. I'm yep. just not. Um, and you're going to find it other places. Uh, but it's also probably not going to last. So, mm-hmm. um, I know it's sometimes hard to hear, but really changing the habits and the behaviors. And I know you're a huge proponent of this as well is, is the way to go. Cause it improves your, the rest of your life. And it also starts to filter into everything else that you're doing, the way that you're showing up in your re- relationship, your marriage, your friendships, you've got this confidence at work, you're carrying yourself differently. I mean, there are just, there are thousands of benefits. Mm. So what are some strategies for women if to make those lasting behavior changes? Finding things that you know that you're going to stick with. Um, So like we said, finding the exercise that you love. Um, Finding the way to eat right for you. This is such a big one because I, man, I struggle when I see all these, you know, like meal plans floating around and, and it's, it's because, you know, and I, I know that you must feel semi similar to this, you know, we're all so different, you know, just because I feel great eating meat doesn't mean that you do, or just cause I can't have dairy cause I'm lactose intolerant and have been my whole life doesn't mean that you shouldn't eat dairy. So who am I? Like, it, it wouldn't be fair of me to say, Hey world, everyone should be eating like me because it works for me. It's bio-individuality. So there are a lot of crossover. I can share recipes with you, but my goal ultimately is to help people create that really, really solid foundation. Like I mentioned, so that you can be successful and know what the right foods are, um, for you and your body so that you can, carry this on long after, you know, two, three, four, six months. Yes. Those are, those are great. Cause I think, you know, finding that's been kind of a theme that's been coming up of my last few podcasts that I've interviewed different guests is finding the workout that works for you and no one diet or nutrition plan or what you're eating period, whatever you want to call it is for one person. And I think sometimes we get caught up, especially in the hype, depending on where you're looking online is, you know, for instance, like gluten-free, this is the way you have to be. And then, you know, vegetarian, this is what you need to be. And then there's so much, um, they don't always talk nicely to each other. And Mm -hmm. so that's where people, I think sometimes get confused or, well, I can't do this because then this community said it's not right. When really, like you don't know, maybe this person does need to have, you know, dairy in their diet, but wants to eat mostly no meat, you know, like just those little things and not being like, I guess, shy or unapologetic about what you need for you. Yeah, I absolutely. And I think anytime you are following a certain set of rules that just don't seem to make sense to you, follow that intuition and that gut. Uh, because you get to create your own set of guidelines. You can pick and choose from a million different diets of the things that, that feel good for you. Um, so I completely, completely agree. It can be very confusing, um, which is why I feel so passionate about helping people just find what is right for them. Cause once you do, then you don't have to keep searching. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to put yourself in a box. You don't have to say, 
oh, check, I am gluten-free, check, I'm dairy-free, you know, like just let go of the boxes. Yes, amen. You know, I was walking down the grocery aisle today and I was thinking that exact thing that, you know, that every single box of the um, of pasta said gluten-free and I was like, man, like it's, this is just a marketing scam. Like, mm-hmm. I, you know, now, now we have to start telling people, hey, just because it says gluten-free doesn't mean that it's healthier. And I say that because when they remove the gluten, they put in a lot of fillers, you know? So it's, I mean- Nutrition will always probably be one of the things people are most complicated by and and confused about. Um, And that's why you've got to, you know, find the right coach and find the right thing that works for you. And once you do, you kind of need to tune out the rest, like stop being a consumer of all these different things. Once you've found what works for you, just, you know, live your life and enjoy it. Because a lot of it, it's marketing, comes down to marketing and what they think. for For sure. Yeah, yeah, a lot of it's marketing. Especially, I've had some clients that work at General Mills and they've told me some of the stuff and I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, this is, this makes it hard for everyone when like that's yeah. all their bottom dollar and you know, they might, they might know it's not healthy, but they don't care. <laughs> yep. Yep. Amen. So what does your current fitness routine look like? Are you back to doing upper body and how does that kind of evolve throughout the year? Like what keeps you going? You know, I was back to it and then my my shoulder started to bug me again. And so now I've kind of dialed it back and, um, I am doing upper body, but I'm, I'm going back and doing a lot of like the PT exercises, um, to really just keep building that strength. Um, and (laughs) they warned me, they were like, okay, we know you're a trainer. Just don't make sure you're not going full throttle. Um, and of course I think I pushed it a little too hard. So, but that's okay because now I know, um, I can still get a great workout, you know, just shifting things and shifting, you know, the, the way that I'm training. So I typically, um, uh, let's see, I teach, um, well here, I'll kind of go through it like Monday, Monday through Sunday. Um, Monday I'll do some type of like upper body mixed with, I'm a big circuit training person. So, um, you know, I'll mix, you know, rowing with a bunch of strength training, or maybe I'm just, you know, incorporating jump rope in between sets. So, um, I, I, when I say high intensity, I think often what it ends up being is just more circuit style training. I definitely do love, um, high intensity interval training, but I think a lot of what I do really just winds up being, um, just great circuit training, you know, getting sweaty, getting cardio, everything kind of in one. So I love that. Typically, um, it's about 45 minutes. I warm up for 10 minutes, make sure I'm really good to go. And then I usually, you know, do the strength for 30 Tuesdays. I'll do something more like lower body. Um, you know, same thing, some cardio stuff. Wednesdays I teach cycling Thursdays. I usually take off. So I'll go for a walk Fridays. I teach cycling as well. Saturday. Um, usually I'll do something that's kind of like you know, more total body. Um, I might take a class. Um, and then Sundays I usually like take off or, um, or I'll go for a walk. So that's kind of my current, um, I've found that three days of strength right now, just with my shoulder is kind of like the perfect thing for me, maybe four. Um, but it just varies. Mm -hmm. Um, I used to be like a five day a week strength person, (laughs) But after my injury, now I'm like, okay, pull the reins back a little bit. Um, and it just wasn't, nece- it wasn't necessary. One of my favorite things I found is I don't need to work out for an hour. Like I don't, I can get everything that I need in less than 30 minutes and be golden. And I love that. 
Um, as much as I love fitness, I also love to get in and get out just like the next person. Um, maybe it's so I can go enjoy the sunshine outside. So I'm a big proponent for maximizing that short period of time that you have really working hard and then getting on with your day. Yes. I am in the same boat. Cause that's where I have, I used to also be the hour workout thing. And then I'm like, after having my son, I'm like, I got 30 minutes and this is my window in between clients. Like I have to take it. Otherwise I have no one to watch my son when I'm home. And if anyone who has kids that are listening, they're like, oh yeah, I can see why it's kind of a train wreck when you have little ones that are running around as you're trying to do stuff. It's possible, but it definitely is a little bit more dangerous swinging weights around when you have it's hard. the little one. <laughs> where do you think that came from? Like, where do you think that whole, like, you need to work out for an hour? I always try to wonder. I don't know. I don't know where, like maybe in part of the guidelines, I don't remember the guidelines 10 years ago, what they were, but maybe they were 60 minutes X amount of days a week. And that's how they got started. But really what's happening is you have to rest more if you're going to do an hour. You're going to be usually talking, you know, there's just a lot more breaks and it's not as high intensity because you can't do super high intensity for an hour. I mean, you can, but you're going to be toast after. Totally. And people probably burned out and that's why they're like, okay, we got to fix this because this is not sustainable. Yep. Amen. So yeah, I definitely believe that 30 minute in, out, get it done, move on with the day. Yep. So I saw on your website, you talked about this soul sister getaway. Yeah. I am super intrigued by this and I want to know more. Yeah. So I am hosting a retreat here in Colorado. Is this your first one? It is. I've always wanted to do one. And you know, it's, it seems like a natural kind of progression from teaching group fitness. Um, I, I, I miss like meeting people in person. So um, a couple of my girlfriends, one that lives here in town, one lives in Canada, actually. Um, and they're the hosts of the, the Nur it's called the Nourished Podcast. Um, we got together. So Meg Dahl and Sean Miner and said, you know, let's do like the ultimate um, girls getaway weekend. So we will be chatting about, um, you know, things health and fitness related and really inspiring people on their journey. And there's going to be lots of like learning and growing, but then also just like pampering, going to our favorite restaurants, you know, going to our favorite studios in town, spending great quality time together in just this absolutely gorgeous place. So yeah, I'm really excited about it. Oh, that sounds awesome. How many women are going to come? So we maxed, our maximum is 15. Um, and we're all, I know that we are all, um, we haven't, I actually haven't asked. I haven't seen them in a couple weeks because they've been traveling. So um, I believe that there are still spots available, um, but we're going to just max out at 15, keep it like a nice, small, intimate group and just really have just this awesome girls getaway weekend. Oh, so it's so needed. I just got back from uh, Lori Harder's Bliss Project. And that oh, was, you go to that? I did. I was my first year going and it, it was amazing. And that's kind of the similar, you know, concept of just, you know, only it was 350 women. So it's harder. I think, I mean, we met those connections, but with 350 women, you obviously can't meet everyone. Um, but that kind of just being around other women and like-minded women, there's nothing that can compare to that. Cause I think all of us just felt just high vibing and just interacting. You come back so much more rejuvenated, you know, after being at those events, I find. That's awesome. I didn't know that you had gone to that. I have, um, I just 
recently heard about it in the last year and I've heard amazing things, but yeah, I mean, you know, these are the kind of weekends that, that keep you going. Not only do you look forward to them, but you're just on this high of, of, of connection and just hope and, and inspiration for, for ways that you want to show up in the future. So, um, yeah, I'm really excited about it. Yeah. And if if no one has ever, um, attended a retreat before, if you haven't, there's so much fun, you know, even though you might be a little intimidated to go at first, if you don't know anyone, you know, that's, people just kind of break open at these and you meet people and people are open to interacting with, you know, strangers. Cause I think sometimes we get that, Ooh, I don't want to go by myself, but it's an awesome thing to do. Yeah. What a great point. My mom actually just went on a yoga retreat. She oh, wow. became a yoga instructor and she was so scared because it. she didn't know anyone. And she was like, I don't know. She almost backed out. And we were like, mom, like, we know you're going to love it. We know you're going to have so much fun. She, I kid you not. She was like, it's the best trip I've ever been on. I made the best friend. Like she just raved about it for months. And I was just like, see, like it's it, as scary as it can be to, you know, get out of your comfort zone. There's, there's just, there's so much beauty in it. And, um, so yes, I, I, I highly recommend retreats, whether, um, you know, just finding the one that's the right fit for you and that excites you. Um, yeah, they're, they're so much fun. Yes. So I know you have another program that you're working on developing the lifestyle mentorship program. Can you tell me a little bit more about that one? I don't know. Am I developing that (laughs) one? (laughs) I don't know. It's in the works. It's in the works. I mean, okay. So I always have a lot of different projects going on. My, my biggest thing right now is, um, combining, um, audio workouts. So I basically, I wanted to test the waters. Um, you know, I think videos are great, but I also know that for a busy individual who is either at home or wants to, you know, have a trainer on the go and take them to the gym and kind of like the best way I could describe it is like show up and feel like a boss and just, (laughs) you know, like people be like, geez, this chick like really knows what she's doing. And so I started recording these audio workouts where, um, there's music in the background, but I am coaching people through an entire workout. And so it's, it's like, it's like a cross between taking a group fitness class and having a personal trainer, but you can do it whenever it's convenient for you. Um, you don't need a screen and you just need, you know, your phone. And so, um, that was, that's been a huge hit. I just did a beta test. Um, so I'm working on bringing that to the market and I'm really excited about that. That sounds Um, awesome. Yeah. And then the other is, um, I've got two phases of, uh, of a nutrition, um, program coming out. That's, that's, um, very much geared towards people who want, um, to eat more intuitively. And when I say that people who have often been on a meal plan, um, but they don't know how to, they don't know how to choose their own food. And so we're going to teach people how to, uh, basically create their own intuitive meal guide. Um, so I'm really excited about that. So those are in the works. Um, but mostly I just, I, you know, I give away a lot of free recipes on my website and, um, I've got a lot of YouTube, uh, workouts, but those are kind of what's next up for the business. I love it. So where can they find those? So you can find, let's see. So, um, on my website, ready fit. So it's R E T I F I T.com. Um, you can kind of peruse there. There's like the blog with the recipes. Um, a lot of the workouts, um, and videos are on YouTube. So my, my website ready fit is the same as all my social media handles, whether that's Instagram, Facebook, um, it's the same everywhere. So yeah, that's where they can find all the goodies. Perfect. 
So yeah. my final couple questions. Cute. I always like to ask people, what does peaceful power mean to you? Yeah, I saw this question and it's such a good question. And I actually, I want to hear after I answer what, what inspired, um, you know, you to start the podcast with this name. Cause it's, it's, I love it. Mm -hmm. Um, peaceful power. I think what I love most about this is I think that we can all have a voice and, um, feel like we are important and that we're, we're being heard, um, in a, in a very, in a, in a very peaceful way. And when I say that, you know, I think oftentimes we hear the word power and it has to be like loud and in your face. And so when I think peaceful power, I think of, you know, when you meet those people and instantly you're just like, there's something about them that they've just, they've got that it factor. And I, I think it's like that peaceful power of it's this confidence. Um, but they're so, they're so, um, they're so giving of themselves and, um, they're so honest and open and they just make you, they make you really feel something inside. So when I think of peaceful power, I think it's really how I, I hope to show up, um, in the world is making people feel, um, really important, but still having my voice be heard, but not in such this like loud, obnoxious, you know, way. Like for some reason, when I think of power, I think of like the president, which obviously we will not go into at all. Um, but yeah, I think it's such an interesting term. I mean, what, what made you choose the term? Yeah, I, so mine is so funny. Whenever I ask this, I'm like, wow, everyone's answers are so much deeper than what I originally <laughs> thought of. Well, okay. But for in all like, honesty, usually these. that's the case with like all of us. So I know I'm like, man, so my originally, um, so I was trying to kind of come into the place. So I just became a yoga instructor a couple of years ago now. And so the peacefulness is kind of that yoga side, just the calm, the feminine energy and the power is like the fitness, more masculine, you know, throwing weights around. So I was trying to find something that would blend the two together. And, um, I just literally was writing down just words and kind of playing with it. And then I asked, you know, a few people that I work with, I'm like, what sounds best? And they're like, oh my gosh, peaceful power, power. That's great. So I'm like, all right. So that's kind of where it came from. And I've had so many other guests who have thrown me way better answers. And I was like, I need to steal that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's great. I mean, like I said, often like a lot of our business ideas and then we're like, yeah, why do you like this term? And it's so like, oh, world, world peace. And you're like, okay, well, um, I just saw it at the grocery store and thought it'd be cool. So I slapped it on my podcast. No. <laughs> yep. That's pretty much. You're like, okay, that's all it was in my mind. <laughs> oh, well, that's great. Oh, well, thank you. So my final question, I always like to ask, um, I give a little challenge to the listeners. So when I have guests, I have you guys give the listeners a weekly challenge. So what would you like the weekly challenge to be this week? Ooh, I like this question. Your weekly challenge. I think it would be whether it is your exercise or a meal that you're going to eat, trying to just take a few seconds before you start, whether it's the meal or whether you walk before you walk out the door to exercise and really ask yourself, like, what do you, what do you really want? So I think with food, this is such a great question because, um, sometimes we just get so 
in our routine that we don't even realize that we're eating things that we don't necessarily enjoy. Um, and the same with exercise. And I think this is where the, the mindfulness piece really comes into play is if you can come back into your body and really connect with, you know, what do you want in that moment? Um, and people, people always hear me say this and they're like, well, yeah, but what if I want a donut? Okay. Well, I mean, <laughs> Sure, maybe, but at the end of the day, I'm sure you probably know what makes you feel best. So just kind of trying to be more mindful and asking yourself. And sometimes, you know, you might walk out the door going to strength train and then realize, you know what, it's such a beautiful day today. Like I, I really just want to be outside. And so going and doing that. So I think what's so cool is as you start to practice doing that, um, you will find that you are always kind of enjoying what you're doing because you're always in sync. You're always asking yourself, what do I want today? Like, what is it that I really want to do? What is it that I really want to eat? Those are, those are a great way to help people become more mindful of, you know, just what they want and what they're doing. So I love that. That's a great challenge. Yeah. Perfect. So I've had a blast today, Allie. Thank you so much for being on. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. This has been really, really fun and I'm excited to have you on my podcast and I got to go take care of your little ones. So I know my little, my little boy is sick for all the listeners. So yeah. I gotta go, well, hopefully cuddles and snuggles. Yeah, totally. <laughs> all right, everyone go out there and spread your peaceful power. Thank you so much for listening to the peaceful power podcast. And if you want more information about today's show, head on over to andreaclawson.com where you can also find my free guide to working out for your body type. And if you haven't already, I would love it if you could rate and review the show over on iTunes and share it with any of your friends that you think would benefit from hearing the peaceful power message. Thanks again, and go out there and spread your peaceful power.